Yes, good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, August 9, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you're listening. And, uh, gee, we're completely unsport-related, but we've just walked into the studio here and we're seeing along the bottom of the screens of Breakfast TV that uh, an Australian icon, Olivia Newton-John, has passed away age 73. Lots of morning to you, mate. Uh, this is a sports show, but uh, hard not to... Make mention of that. Yeah, that's um, sad, you know. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, I think a lot of people uh, would have followed her career closely and we can all remember her performance in Greece with John Travolta. Um, Sad, only 73 years of age. Uh, She certainly was an Australian icon. Uh, She'll be missed. She's done so many wonderful things throughout her career and we know that she's been battling um, illness for a number of years. But it's still never easy when you're walk into a studio or find out that an Australian legend has passed away. Very, very sad news for a family and I'm no doubt a lot of people who have supported her throughout her career. Dean Bulldog Ritchie joining us again this morning. How are you, Doggy? Yeah, good morning. I'm well, you know, Laurie, good to be back in the seat for Clarky. I assume he's back next week, the great man? Well, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no one's heard from him? Yeah, Insta. I heard from him last week. Okay. Insta. Yeah. Yeah. But he's... Uh, just gallivanting around Paris at the moment. He looks comfortable, doesn't he? Baguettes and champagne. Those photos. He doesn't look like he's out of place. No, it's, it suits him, I think. Yeah. The summer over there in Europe, just getting around and having a few glasses of champagne near the Eiffel Tower. I saw his sunglasses the other day. They were all uh, <laughs> sort of rainbow-coloured glasses, and he looked quite oh, the... Uh, didn't see those ones. Yeah, quite the picture, Michael. Mm, Stylish man. Yes, yes. Yeah, Unlike we three. Unlike over there... Um, Following him? No, I don't think so. Yeah. No, no. He normally posts, and once he posts, they become stories. Right. That's how we That's work how it in works. today's age, is it? Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I don't get my stories posted. When I post, you don't report on Well, me. no one cares about you. <laughs> well, hang on. When you had his surgery on his beautiful beak, somehow that ended up in Yeah, you wanted to get my nose... You wanted to do a story on that. That just shows that gutter journalism that you guys do. It was buzz. <laughs> All you wanted to do was talk about my nose. Exactly. Didn't want to wonder, didn't want to follow my football career at all. You just wanted who to wrote, follow the nose. Who wrote the last ever story at your home ground? Who was in the car with you that day? Was that you? Yes, it was. It wasn't my last game, though. No, it turned out not to. It (laughs) rang a bit hollow in the end, didn't it? Why was that? Well, Bulldog did the last game. Game of the stadium. Yeah. So, you know, but it turned out not to be my last game. Well, they won the game, they won the next week, and they got a home final. (laughs) And I said, I'm not going back down there again. I wouldn't need to climax. (laughs) Because we had to win to get a home final. Yeah. Well, yeah, had to win their last two to get a home final. It was... The final game of David Ferner. It was the final, final, final and game. It was the third one. There was three of you. Mullows. Brett Mullins. Of course, mm. old Bug Lugs here took all the glory. Mm. It was almost <laughs> like, get out of my photo, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> poor old Fernsey, a legend. Mullows, yeah. champion. It was like they were playing reserve grade. Well, that's what happens, team. Mm. Superstar. Mm. Glory boy. By the way, I'm looking forward. Uh, I believe we have some audio a bit later of... Uh, your efforts last week for those who were listening seven days ago from uh, the tire pressure. Yes. Uh, it didn't go that Inspection. Well. It didn't go down well. Down the road in here in Forestville in the northern suburbs of Sydney. And I had Doggy and Loz got the job done, checked their tires, put some air in, 
successful? Well, to some degree, I had little idea, and the bloke to my right had no idea. At least I knew you know, when you put the nozzle on, you press the button down to put the air in. But you don't press. He didn't even know that. You don't have to press that in. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. I've since found out you don't have to lock it on. So there you go, Dean. Well, you know what happened on the. <laughs> I went away, saw you down in June in the weekend. I came back with a uh, nail in my tyre. So I had to go and get it pulled out yesterday. The 32 had gone down to 10. Right. So it was flat. Then the bloke said to me, mate, it's not 32, it's 38. Did you so, tell him you Googled it? Yeah, well, he knew what he was talking about. He was a okay, tyre specialist. He wasn't your next door neighbour. No, so I think 32 was wrong, 34 was wrong. So I think it's actually 38 if you've got a RAV4. Well, what did I say? 30, 30? No, I think I was 38. Listen, I don't come to you for any more I advice when it comes to mechanical issues well, with a vehicle. Our listeners will tell me. What I well, said. Let's I'm do it pretty again. confident I said 38. Well, whatever you did say, it actually was 38. So am I so driving the, around with flat tyres? Yes. <laughs> it's not right. Because you listen I'm to me. I'm 36. Yes. You just stay out of it, all right? <laughs> take it to a mechanic, let the professionals do it. Could only end in tears. I'll take it to Tommy, my, my mechanic. Does he give you a little 10% off for being a legend? Oh, you know Tommy. Tommy Horn. No, I don't know Tommy. No, you know Tommy. You would have met Tommy at the Northbridge. All right. He's been around for ages. Discount? Tommy? Yeah. yeah he looks after the boys. <laughs> I thought he might. <laughs> so it's a discounted tyres, free car. Yeah, I just... What about the petrol? Do you have to put that just in? Just a signed Raiders cap. <laughs> signed Raiders jersey, something like that. From 1989. <laughs> oh, all faded. <laughs> no. Um, no, we pay Tommy. How many years have you been covering the game for now, Doggy? Uh, 1990 was my first. Yeah. What's that... 33 years. In your time, uh, describe, as far as coaching outbursts are concerned, where did Ricky's rate after the game on Saturday evening? Oh, it was one of the most unusual, I guess, in that there's been a lot of coaching blasts post-game over the years, but not one that actually got personal or named a name. A bloke messaged me saying the last time he thinks it might have happened was in Graham Lowe. Went after MG in a press conference back in that famous Origin game in 1990. So I think it could have almost been more than 30 years. But look, I spoke to Ricky a couple of times yesterday. Uh, he's he's sad with his comments. He's upset with himself. He's disappointed. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk out of school here, but you know, he knows he's dragged his own family into it. And that's what's probably hurt him the most. He's conceded he got it wrong. He's conceded it was the wrong platform. Uh, he spoke to Integrity yesterday, the Integrity unit head, Jason King, and he gave Jason King the reasons why he did it. Ricky's got personal and private reasons why he said what he said. He doesn't want the public to know about that, but he thought it best for Jason King to know, as at least there was some reasoning behind the outburst. What do you think you'll get? Uh, I think you get one or two-week suspension, you know, He'll probably get a fine. Uh, the Raiders did say to Rick yesterday, if you want a week off to clear your head, <clears throat> excuse me, that would be fine. I think Ricky said no to that uh, first up. So either way, I think he'll be missing for this week's game against uh, St. George Lawara and then potentially the following week against the Newcastle Knights. But we have to remember too, the Raiders are still right in the hunt for the final. So it would be yeah. very hard for Ricky to stand down in terms of the Raiders' offer. And they've got 
a good draw to finish the season. And I think if they can win the remaining four games, there's still a live hope of playing finals football. So uh, it'll be a blow um, for Ricky to to be missing. But if that's the punishment, then I'm sure he'll accept that and try and move on as quickly as he possibly can. And you're right in everything you said there, Bulldog. I mean, you know, he's acknowledged that he said the wrong thing at the wrong time. And if he had his time over again, I'm sure he wouldn't have done it. But Everyone makes mistakes and, you know, he'll live with this one for a long period of time. But, um, you know, we've spoken about it before. He's done a a lot of good things. But, unfortunately, this one incident, um, it will affect him for a long time and it'll affect everyone that's been involved in it. I think you'll find Andrew Abdo will be handed the report from Jason King probably today, Loz. Uh, That would go to the commission via... Input from Andrew Abdo. I would imagine the decision may be made possibly this afternoon or tomorrow. Uh, they've got to give Ricky due process. They've done that. They won't rush the decision. But clearly, if he is to be stood down, then they need to tell the Raiders, you would imagine, early in the week to give them a chance to move on with whoever may step in. Mm-hmm. Well, they're quite lucky that you know Andrew McFadden is there and Andrew McFadden is, you know, this Brett White and I think, Mick Crawley is still there as well. Uh, but Andrew McFadden has coached a number of first-grade games uh, before. He was a coach of the Warriors, so he's mm. been around. So I, 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 while it'll be a loss that Ricky's not there, I, I don't think it's catastrophic. I think mm. that you know they certainly know what they're doing. And to have someone there with first-grade experience certainly helps steer the ship. Certainly a, a deeply personal and, and, and complicated matter. Uh, there's a fair bit of stuff leaking out onto social media now, referring to what's gone on. I think it's important. I don't want to sit here and make it a whitewash saying that Ricky did nothing wrong, because I know Ricky Stewart, and I know you know him a lot better than I do, Laurie. But I think it was important for Ricky to tell the the uh, the NRL why he did it, so people are aware as to what unfolded all those years ago with Ricky's children and Jamin and Salmon. So I think Ricky had to get that off his chest, and he certainly did that. And Don Fern, I might add, the Raiders CEO, he also was interviewed by Jason King, and he's been uh, supporting Ricky in terms of welfare over the last 24 hours. Uh, just on the text line, morning, boys, why can't I listen to you guys through the TuneIn radio app, which I've done for years? Trent at Rosemeadow. Trent, uh, being a third-party app, apparently we're uh, making some inquiries as to why they've changed the feed on that app. And uh, hopefully we'll get it sorted out for you. But uh, the Tab app or the Sky Racing Active app, they're the two that uh, you'll definitely be able to tune into Sky Sports Radio and therefore us. Back page of the Daily Telegraph, why I snapped. Stuart comes clean to integrity unit over seven attackers. Uh, Bulldog said earlier he has given all the historical details to Jason King of the NRL integrity unit. Uh, and, uh, well, the Raiders also offered him for him to stand down, but Ricky hasn't, as in uh, take a few days out of the club. But uh, it appears he hasn't. Bulldog, I'm just trying to think. Is like In the English Premier League, you see coaches banished to the stands and suspended for, for, for games. I, have we ever seen it in the NRL? I can't think of I, any. I can't recall, Mido. <clears throat> I'm assuming, too, and this might sound like a silly question, that he would be banned from preparation and training. It, would have, it wouldn't be a ban just for game day. Would it be for the week? I'm not sure what the perimeters are. But you'd, if you're you banned, you're banned. Yeah, you would imagine it would be for the week. Yeah. Although if you're a player, when you get banned, you can still train. Correct. And you can still go to the game. Yeah. But you're not allowed to 
I mean, play. So a coach, I suppose. And they can't tell Ricky not to go to Canberra HQ, watch over training, surely, can they? Well, he can get videos. Mm. You know, they can send him videos and just stream it. He could watch it live from home mm. if, he, if he wasn't mm. even allowed into the um, uh, into the training venue, but also have contact then with the coaches. So I, I, I really wouldn't know how it, how it works. I heard Gus say on 100% footy on nine last night, Phil Gould, that uh, if the details were to come out about the exact historical context of you know where this all came from, from, from some time ago, it would benefit absolutely no one. So it's obviously as about as sensitive as it gets. And uh, so what you're seeing on social media, that's not gospel, is it, Bulldog? I can only... Only those real close parties would really know. Yeah, I just found yesterday, as the day went on, me though, that the the weight of public opinion just changed a little bit as the day went on, when it sort of little odds and ends seeped out through social media. And I mean, look, Ricky's a polarising figure, Loz. You know that as well as anybody. And opposition fans love to roll up Ricky, hmm. and they love to stick it to Ricky. He knows that. He gets it. He's had it for, what, 30 years. So whenever there is a chance to give Ricky a little kick along the way, they will do it. So this obviously gave them another opportunity to have a dig at, at Sticky. Sticky oh, yeah. knows that. Oh, that's part of the attraction of Ricky too. He, he loves the fact that you know a lot of people don't like him uh, and he thrives on it. He thrived on it as a player and thrives on it now. I mean, he's, when I say uh, you thrive on it, that doesn't mean you, you enjoy it. But he understands that you know there's a lot of people out there that don't like don't like the way that he, he goes about things and Obviously, you know, what happened on the weekend, uh, a lot of people have, you know, jumped into him. Um, but again, um, you know, he's got his reasons and I'm not here to, to go into those reasons. Um, but what I will say is he's fiercely protective of his family, he's fiercely protective of his mates. The Ricky Stewart that I know is a wonderful person um, and he has admitted that he, if he sat his time over again, he wouldn't have chosen those words at that particular moment. Um, I think he realises that that wasn't the right place to say that. Um, he's put his hand up for that. Um, and I think he would want it to move on as quickly as possible. Whatever punishment that he gets, he'll accept. And I think we move on. And um, I think he wants to put it behind him as quickly as he possibly can. I, When I spoke to him yesterday, Laurie, he was quite... Uh, what's the word? He was quite sad. And I even said to Rick, I said, Ricky, I don't think I've ever heard you this upset before. Yeah, so I think this flat. one really got to him yeah, more I than could, others. Of course it would. Mm. You know, and you know, you don't want to you don't want to see these type of headlines and you don't want your family involved. I mean, if it was about Ricky, then Ricky would handle it. Um, but when there's other people involved and in particular, uh, you know, his family and um, it's a situation that we haven't seen before and hopefully we don't see again and um, you know, they'll try and you know, work through things. And as I said, he, he's a very passionate man. Um, he's he's put his hand up. He's admitted that he got it wrong. Uh, he wants to move on as quickly as he can. And whatever punishment he receives from the NRL, I'm sure he'll put his head down and work harder to become um, a better coach, but also to be able to understand that you know, he, he's a better person for it because he's he's learnt and needs to learn to control his emotions. And when I spoke to him, he was talking about the fact that, you know, he said the wrong thing, but also he brought his family into it. And that's something that he's fiercely protective of.
Uh, now, also on the back pages of the papers, the Com Games, the competition is over now. So, uh, Medal of Honour is the headline on the back page of the telly. Diamonds claim our thousandth Games gold medal. Back page of the Herald, Golden Age. Australia stayed their best to last in Birmingham. And uh, also overnight, the Kookaburras, the men's hockey side, made it seven from seven. Since hockey came into the Commonwealth Games, I think in 98, in Kuala Lumpur, and they won their gold medal match against India 7-0, and their aggregate score in seven final wins is 33-2. to So that's utter domination from the men's hockey side. Diver Melissa Wu, who's at her fifth Commonwealth Games, she'll be the flag bearer for the closing ceremony. And the final medal tally, well, we've beaten England. We're top of the tally. 67 gold, 57 silver, 54 bronze, 178 medals to England's 57 gold, so 10 less. And they've had 176 medals overall. Then you go to Canada, 92. So in the end, I'll tell you what, initially probably, you know, when you see all this winning gold for fun, you probably think this is, you know, we're up against like pop gun opposition. But by the end of it, I actually got into it a bit. I was a bit like you, you know, the longer the com games went on, the more excited I got and the more interested I became and started to watching a, f- a few more events. I, th- I think it just took me a bit of time to to get going. I was a bit slow to start with, a bit like I am in the morning. It's slow <laughs> to start. I'm glad you said that because I was about to pipe in. Mm. I must admit, can I be brutally honest, I, I didn't watch a lot of them. I know we have to cover them and we have a duty in the newspaper online at, and on this radio show, but I said it before, I personally would rather win eight Olympic gold medals than 67 Commonwealth Games gold medals. It just got to the point where there were that many coming through, it was hard to get excited about them, to be truthful, Oz. I don't know about you. It was like a one-day cricket game. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's, an, there's another one around the corner. Are we just getting old and grumpy? And Maybe. Can't, can't be made happy? No, Maybe. I think with the swimming and while they... Yeah, they they did a wonderful job. I think we just expect now the Aussies to perform and, you know, we expect them to win at World Champs and we expect them to win at Olympic Games. But when they're taking on the Commonwealth, we just expect and assume that there's going to be a lot of goals. I think where we started to get excited was when the athletics came around Mm. and we're starting to see some young up-and-coming superstars that are now challenging for that next level. They've you know they're they're starting to to rise and become genuine chances of maybe winning a a bronze, a silver, or a gold at a, a major event. So I think that's one of the reasons why I got excited. You think about this with the Olympics. We look back and we all talk about momentous occasions: John Sieben winning gold, uh, Duncan Armstrong, uh, Kieran Perkins, uh, Kathy Freeman, uh, Dean Lucan. These are all iconic moments because they're Olympic moments. I just I just question whether there's many moments that are iconic that's in call. the Commonwealth Games, that's all. Mm, that is a fair call. And they've sure. done wonderfully well. Please don't misinterpret mm. this to me being critical of the athletes. They've worked hard. They deserve their moment. But to me, I would rather win less medals at a higher, on a higher stage. I think that Oliver Hall 1500 metre win will go down as a pretty big yep, moment yeah. in Australian yeah, athletics. Yeah, I also think Peter Bowl winning silver. Well, while he didn't win gold, the fact that... You can see the development of this kid, and he's, I reckon he's a realistic chance of meddling at Olympic Games. Talk about iconic moments, Bulldog. 82 Commonwealth Games. In Brisbane? Yeah. 
What was his name? Matilda. The oh, yes. Yes, the kangaroo. Yeah, the Correct. big kangaroo, Matilda. Down there at the old QET yeah. Stadium. That always stands out. Yeah, look, they were, they were good. They I was good born, moments. so can you just tell me what happened? Don't you remember Matilda the kangaroo? Wasn't born. Makes it hard. Oh, it was a big inflatable, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, to me, it looked inflatable. It was a bit corny looking back, but at yeah. the time, it was good fun. Yeah. Well, good good times. Yeah, well, it was a fantastic time. That's I would love to know, moments, and again, I'll play devil's advocate here, I'd love to know what it costs for Australia to send that team across there. Oof. It would be astronomical. I mean, it would all be, well, I imagine most of it would be government funded, but I would love to know a final figure of what it cost Australia to send those hundreds of athletes. Are you dirty on the athletes going to the Com Games? No, no, no. I'd just like to know the final figure, given we're all talking about saving money here and there. I would just personally like to know what it costs to send us over there. Right. So if it was $10 million, $5 million, what, you're not happy with no, that? No, no, I didn't say that. You don't that. want to send our athletes? No, I didn't say that. I'd just like to know what it's costing the taxpayer. Right. What, just for your own purple yeah. personal use? Yes. So you can write a story on it? Yes. Yeah. Why not?